Hi, my name is Sarah Boss, and you are listening to the What Else Podcast. I'm a chemist turned launch strategist, and I help business owners launch their courses, programs, and products so that they can gain influence and get paid. Owning your own business opens the doors for great freedom and opportunity, but it can also bring a lot of self-doubt, overwhelm, and insecurity. On this podcast, we talk about marketing, analytics, and tactile tips to own a business you love, but we can also talk about life behind the desk. We ask the questions, and then we ask, what else? Because we're just nosy like that. Come join us and our many guests as we leverage our businesses to create the life we dreamed of. Hey guys, and welcome to the What Else Podcast. This is your host, Sarah. Thank you so much for being here. Today, I have Megan Grant on from Cherish Tours. This is going to be a really cool episode. So if you listened to the last week's, I talked about my solo trip to Costa Rica. I broke down the cost, um, talked all about that, and that was my first solo travel experience. But... Megan has gone to like 10 countries, backpacked through Europe, all solo, and she is the CEO of Cherish Tours, and we're going to get to talk about that. We're going to answer some solo travel questions, um, general questions that I got from a bunch of you, um, some that are female-oriented, because uh, solo travel, I think, can feel very scary as a woman, Um, you know, I'm a woman, so that's the only experience I know, Uh, and we're just going to have fun with it. Welcome, Megan. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Hey, Sarah. Thanks so much. I'm really excited to talk to you guys all about, you know, solo travel and this experience and how Cherish can help bring solo travelers together and make it less scary for people. Yeah. When um, I heard about Cherish Tours, I heard about it right before I left for my trip and then kind of did some more research. And uh, I think I actually, I DM'd you. I was like, we need to talk because Cherish Tours answers all the questions that I had before I went on my solo trip. Um, They really meet a need. So can you, can you, I mean, let's go ahead and tell them what is Cherish Tours? Yeah, I can talk to you about Cherish Tours. So it was founded on the idea that women should not feel held back from travel just because they either don't have anyone to travel with or they don't feel safe going by themselves. So I would love to open the door to the world for anyone who's out there who struggles maybe putting a group together or doesn't have the gumption to just go ahead and go for it and do the whole solo travel thing. It's an option for women to join a girl tribe, a travel tribe, to travel to amazing destinations in the world together, to have that safety net of being with a group. And the other layer to it is that each and every tour that you purchase through Cherish supports women both at home and abroad. So we um, support women business and we support local and international businesses through intentional tourism dollars. Yeah, it is. Cherish Tours is amazing. And when I talked to Megan, I heard everything that she was doing. I I had to bring her on because it was just such a natural fit after last week's episode. I was like, we need to bring you on immediately. Um, the good thing about Cherish Tours is one, it's for all ages. It ca- does not just cater to a young crowd. I feel like sometimes people feel that solo travel is only for young people. And that's absolutely not true. Um, And something that I was like, yes, that is the need is 
not having anybody to travel with. If you guys listened to last week's, that's how I, I like ended up solo traveling. I didn't really just wake up and was like, I'm going to go alone. Nobody would go with me. I couldn't find friends um, at, or my family like who wanted to do that with me. And when you go and you actually plan a trip, it's actually kind of hard. I mean, if you've ever literally planned a trip at all, you know it's hard to get people together. Um, so I loved how this met that need and how it had the aspect of ethical travel. That's really not a subject that I thought about or knew about um, before I went to Costa Rica and we had those conversations. And um, I I even learned like what that concept was, supporting local business, um, uh, environmental, environmentally ethical travel, like all that kind of stuff is very interesting. Um, But so some some questions for those from, or I guess from people who are thinking about solo travel, um, aren't sure if it's for them. I want to dive in so we can, there's some common questions. First of all, a uh, personal question for you. When did you start solo traveling and why? Yeah, so I can totally riff off what you were saying about not being able to find people to go with you. Even throughout college and then especially as an adult after college, you don't have friends that live in the same place anymore. Um, you are all on different schedules, are working full-time jobs. It becomes more difficult even to find like a weekend getaway. So right after I graduated college was the first time that I took a more long-term solo trip. Um, and it was to Europe. I backpacked Europe for just under three months by myself. Um, I was originally supposed to go with a friend of mine, uh, but she was no longer able to go with me. And I had spent months dreaming of this trip, being so excited to graduate, take the opportunity to take that much time off that you never get back um, and just go. And so when she was no longer able to come with me, I was stuck between choosing to not go at all or postpone the trip until someone might be able to join or just go for it myself. And so being put in that position I'm someone who doesn't hold back and decided to go by myself. Um, It was something that I felt was really worthwhile and was really important, especially right after college, having those several months back to back to back available for me to travel. That's such a good time. That's such a good time to travel. I, when I went on this trip, I was like that, you know, there was a girl who is in, is in that um, I, uh, she's in the transition from, she's from England. So I don't know what they call high school that Mm -hmm. to college. Yeah. And she, I think took a year off and has been gone. She's been gone since January. I think she was supposed to start earlier, but COVID COVID and all that kind of stuff. I was like, what a fantastic thing to do after, or either between high school or college or after college. It's so enlightening. You learn so much about yourself. Um, I would, absolutely tell anybody like take a year after high school or after college and go do whatever like learn what it is to be you to have fun to you know find yourself in completely like outside of your comfort zone um i think that's such a great thing to do were you nervous or i guess do you still get nervous about loneliness during travel yeah so i mean we find a lot of the times that people travel during transitions in their life, like you're speaking about to between high school and college or after you graduate college, um, women like to travel often after they get a divorce. Um, even 
potentially if they've been widowed, which it, those types of things, uh, big job changes. Um, but you know, you don't really have to only travel and transitions in your life. Uh, there's so many opportunities to find cracks to go when you're able. Um, and yeah, I still experience loneliness when I, when I find that time, um, to travel and going by myself, you know, uh, ideally I'd love to always go with like the group of my best friends, but you know, not all of them are always transitioning or, um, have that gap of time from switching jobs or graduating. You only graduate what from high school one time. And if you choose to go to college one time, so, um, yeah, it, if people have limited themselves to just being able to travel in those sections, it opens up more opportunities to have to travel solo or to choose to travel solo. And I don't know, after doing it as many times as I have that I worry so much about the loneliness, um, it still happens no matter what, but you find ways to connect with people either in location where you're traveling or to connect with yourself through books. Um, I read a lot when I travel, probably more so than I do even at home. Um, that's probably my cure for that loneliness feeling. Yeah. I don't think, um, the loneliness, what, I mean, I've, of course I've only been once and I did a group, um, because that was one of my biggest fears was being lonely. Um, and the first night was, um, and like traveling there. And then the first night was kind of my, I think you're even if, even if you're in a group, I think they're going to have this time if you're solo traveling of loneliness, but the, you were right. Like the fear of the loneliness is much worse than actually being lonely. Um, in your mind, you think like when, as soon as you feel lonely, like it's some sort of hole you're not going to be able to climb out of. And you're going to think that this whole trip was a waste and you wasted all your money. No, it's just like a moment where you're like, all right, well, this is where I am, but wow, am I so glad to, to be here? Even if I am alone, like this is such a cool place. And there's so many things that you can do in order to cure that. If you're just like looking for tips, um, you can go to a restaurant, you can take a tour, um, you know, find some excursion and there's always like group stuff to do. Um, I saw a tip and it was like, if you want to go like out, out like clubbing or something, of course in COVID that's going to be limited based on where you're going. Um, but say like, that is, you know, your situation and you've nobody to go clubbing with. She was like, do a pub tour, like do like one of those like bar hopping things or pub hopping. And it's usually cheaper and you are literally pub crawling with these people. And I was like, that's such a good idea because it's like these kind of things that you don't really think about, but when you're there, you'll find, I know it's hard to trust the situation, but when you're, you're there, you'll find like, you'll find your people. It's like the first day of school, you know, you went through that however many times where you didn't have anybody to sit with, you make the eye contact, you you know, say, Hey, where are you from to somebody? And you got a friend. It's super easy. Um, and I think I, it's comforting for me to know that the fear of loneliness is, is worse than the actual loneliness. If I can say, okay, there's going to be times, but it's not like that's a death sentence. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, then we can get over that hill. Yeah, exactly. And 
as you were saying, you kind of find friends in the weirdest places. And even if it's just a friend that you have for one night because you want to go to dinner or you both want to go have some drinks or whatever, you, you really do find friends in the oddest places, especially when you're traveling alone. You'll be surprised by how many people are also traveling alone and are also looking for that connection or um, conversation. Um, my biggest tip for that is definitely, I'm going to go back to the books, like bring a book, sit at a restaurant or a cafe, and you look more inviting than if you're on your phone or on your laptop, because being on your phone or your laptop makes you appear busy or appear as if you're like waiting for someone or you have connections already, where if you're it's almost like a big red flag and like indication, like, hello, I'm sitting here by myself with a book um, that says I'm solo traveling and people approach you and say hello. And it's really, really interesting how many people will just instantaneously become your friend. I think a good practice, like if you're, I mean, really wanting the easiest dip your toe in situation to practice is take yourself out to dinner. I'm amazed at how many people have not been like not taking themselves on a date. I'm, you know, even at me, I'm an extrovert. I love people. I will still take myself out to dinner and you just sit and people watch and the challenges do not get on your phone that it really, I mean, if you take yourself out to dinner on your phone, it's not, it's not the same. Take yourself out to dinner, keep your phone in your purse and just people watch or bring a book or just sit with yourself. Um, And yeah, I think especially if you go um, to like a restaurant, if you're one person, like go to the place in town that you can never get seated at because if you're one person, you'll always get a seat at the bar, no matter how busy the restaurant is. And if you're at the bar, you order food, you're by yourself, you're chilling, your check's going to be less because you're only paying for yourself. And people are, you'll end up striking a conversation with somebody 100%. And that's a good way to like practice. Uh, are you an introvert or an extrovert? I'm an introvert. You're um, an introvert. It, it's funny because I um, very socially appear as an extrovert um, that I get along well with groups of people. I connect easily with people. And so I've lived my whole life thinking that I was an extrovert um, that, you know, introverts, are just um, hermits that don't leave their house and don't want to hang out with people. Um, and I've learned that that's not true. That's a stereotype. Um, and that I'm an introvert. And really the biggest quality that makes me an introvert is that I very much so value my alone time. And I very much so need it to regain energy. I don't get energy from being around people. I build energy up to be able to be around people and then need to be by myself to get it back. Yeah, I think, okay. So I think I'm not sure what's more challenging because I'm, I'm, I said, I'm an extrovert, but I think the fears around solo travel are a little bit different um, for an introvert versus an extrovert. In my head, I'm like, oh, extroverts have it harder because we need people. And so that that fear of loneliness is harder to deal with. Like we, I think extroverts are less likely to go because they're worried about not being around people or being alone. But I, I would be willing to bet that introverts have like a counter argument that 
of why, you know, what that challenge would be for them. We already talked about loneliness with extroverts. Um, and if you're an extrovert and you're worried about loneliness or worried about not being with people, one, you can do what I did, start with a group. I think starting with a group is a great way to enter in. I, I mean, at this point, I don't know if I would recommend just going off by yourself first time. Um, I liked going with a group. And so that's one way to do it. And then another way, just take that fear and, and, you know, hold it, look at it, say, I know you're there and then keep moving forward. Whatever you do with that fear is how, how, you know, you can judge the situation. It's not, the fear will be there. The people that go, you know, me on this trip going, I posted a story, like as I was packing that, you know, anybody who thinks I'm, I'm just brave and or crazy or whatever, I'm crying packing because I'm scared. But the thing is, I'm going to do it anyway. So that's, you know, and that's what, that was my fear that, oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm not going to have anybody. I'm going to waste my money. I'm going to go and I'm not going to have a good time. Cause I'm not going to be around people. You already addressed that as an introvert. Like what are some fears that, uh, I guess you see, or maybe you have, and how do you get over them? Yeah. So I think you made a really great point about, you know, introverts maybe are more likely to go by themselves because they're used to that by themselves time and they're okay and make peace with that. Um, but even though I am an introvert, I don't want to be alone all the time, 24-7, always. Um, true introverts, like very, very far on the scale, maybe they do. Um, and so it would be very easy to approach um, a solo trip without having to consider the loneliness factor. Uh, but I think for me, even being an introvert, being stuck in my head was probably one of my biggest fears approaching my first solo trip because I was nervous that I wasn't going to be surrounded by people to share that experience with or share those memories with and get things out of my head and processed. Um, especially like, for example, I went to Berlin and a couple of places in Germany and we did do a few tours through concentration camps. And luckily I had been surrounded by a few other people that we could process that together. But you need to be able to release that somewhere, to have that conversation, to talk about the craziness of travel and the heaviness of certain things in history when you visit them in the world. So um, as an introvert, that was probably my biggest fear. If I had to anticipate what other introverts might fear in travel is that they might not make connection or make friends because they don't have that extroverted quality of be being able to walk right up to someone and say hello. But extroverts travel too. So sometimes you don't need to be the one that walks up and says hello. You just need to be in the right place at the right time and someone will say hi to you. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's true. We aren't shy necessarily. Most of us are not shy. And it's so interesting. You talk about like processing emotions. Cause I'm thinking, um, you know, on this group trip, of course I was traveling with the same people, but I mean, by day two or day three, I'm having these deep conversations about my feelings and about things I'm struggling with. And with somebody on, and on a trip, it just, I mean, it feels different. When you're in that situation, those connections are so much deeper. So I'm talking to this person and it feels like I've known them for years and I've known them for two days. And that's something that I, I mean, I find is really important and really kind of 
I mean, it sounds kind of gross, but like beautiful about, about travel is those conversations are so much deeper. Um, when, okay. So I want to, I want to put something out there. That's probably glaring on people's minds, especially my females safety. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with safety as a female traveler? I dealt with it by doing a group tour, um, to know that I would have a guide, um, that would go over the language barrier that would be able to, um, book travel transportation, I think is a huge, huge, that's probably like the, mo- the biggest fear. It's not necessarily like where you're going, but it's like how you're going to get there and how you get between different places. Um, groups are really nice because they book all that for you. The excursions are booked through the group. So it's um, a lot more, you know, you don't have to like trust your own judgment, which I liked. How do you deal with safety as a female traveler? Yeah. So speaking to group safety, there is always a level of safety and numbers that's a mentality that I have in Cherish um, that there's a safety net in having accountability partners almost in when you're getting back to the hotel, when you left, if you're going out on your own and you choose to, there's people waiting for you. Um, I did the same thing when I backpacked Europe. Um, I did the first 10 days in a tour um, so that when I arrived in a different country, there was someone holding a clipboard ready to check off my name that I am here and I am safe. Um, But that was only the first 10 days. Um, I was there for like 88 days. So the 78 other days I was roaming around um, by myself. And safety in that is do your research beforehand. Um, Make sure that you know the country you're going to, potentially any um, cultural things that might uh, affect you as a woman traveler and make sure that you're respectful of those, but also um, considering them. Um, I would also say that, I mean, when you're solo, there's no opportunity to just be like, I'm not going to go alone, but you can get to know your area. Um, When I was in Munich for the first day by myself, I walked the block, went to the grocery store, went to the cafe on the corner and had really basic conversations to start that feeling of getting to know the area and how people communicate and how much they might know English and those types of things um, before I ever set foot on a subway. Also, I would add that you should always bring, no matter where you're going, even if it's in the continental US, you should bring a lock for your stuff. And there are products now too that you can bring to secure your hotel room a little bit more. If you're in a shared space, like a hostel um, in a shared room, you always, always, always have the opportunity to stay with women only. And you also have the opportunity to ask the front desk to change your room if you're ever uncomfortable. And don't be scared to do that. I've done it. And it put me in a much better situation in a room I felt comfortable in where I could actually get some sleep that's fine. So it's just listening. Um, If I had to like put an overarching tip on traveling solo, instead of going into every single tip that I might may ever have, um, it's really trust your instinct and your gut. Um, You know, when you're in an unsafe situation, Um, your gut tells you just tune into it and get yourself the hell out of there. If it's uncomfortable walking away is always a good option. Um, If you're far away and you're uncomfortable with taxis or Ubers, if there are Ubers in the country that you're in, 
you can always call your hostel too, and they can arrange transportation for you. Same with hotels. I think that's a good tip because um, that is something that is super important understanding. I think taxi scams are, are some of like the biggest that, um, not that I've seen, but that I am aware of. And it's kind of like what you read about and don't get into any unmarked cars, Ubers. Um, Uber is super convenient, um, but I, I I don't use it when I'm out, when I'm traveling because I just find it. I mean, that's more of an extra precaution um, because I know that I can um, book through the hotel, the hostel, whatever that is. Um, Some other tips, um, SIM cards. This is something that I wish I would have done in Costa Rica. Not that I didn't feel safe, but I just think um, it's like an added tip. I did the travel plan through Verizon. Uh, It's like 10 bucks a day. Um, which I thought was pretty good. And I mean, in retrospect, it, it was like, it was only $10 a day and I could text was supposed to have data. I didn't have data. So I still only had internet access when I was at um, a restaurant or at the hostel or whatever. And you get used to like asking for the Wi-Fi password uh, in a lot of places that are very touristy, just have it posted. Um, something I wish I would have done is gotten a SIM card. Um, I had a couple people in the group that when they landed in, San Jose, they went and they got a SIM card. It's $5. They put it in your phone and you are able to text, use data, all that kind of stuff. And the reason that that is so important is maps. Um, You're able to use your maps without any internet. So if you're ever in a situation where you're lost or you're in a taxi, you don't know where you're going, or you feel odd, um, that I think is is pretty huge. I like that um, what you talked about with Munich, that walking around with uh, La Fortuna, we um, walked around the, it's just a little town, but it is just kind of walk around the block, went to the grocery store, found the ATM, found the little like bakery, found the place to get ice cream because I like ice cream. <laughs> um, and you just kind of familiar yourself, familiarize yourself with the neighborhood. And there, it, I mean, it took me like a couple hours, honestly, to feel comfortable with where I was at. And I was like, okay. And you just kind of feel like, okay, this is where I am now. This is where I'm quote, like living for however long, couple days. And this is my area. Uh, the cultural stuff, very important, especially when you're going to European countries um, or if you're going to Asian or Middle Eastern countries, a lot of times uh, their culture is very different. And there's things such as dress, not a dress code, but a respectful dress that is very important, not only to respect their culture, but, you know, it keeps you from being called out. Um, Something in Costa Rica that I thought was so cool. It is a new law. Um, less than a year old and cat calling is now illegal in Costa Rica. That is huge because Costa Rica, very safe country, but that, that was a, a large problem and cat calling makes women feel unsafe. It just, it just does. There is nothing that can more quickly make me feel like I'm in a bad situation, even if it's somebody way across the street with no intentions and that made all the difference. Never had an issue. And um, yeah, for those women looking into Costa Rica, catcalling is illegal. It's the best thing I think I've ever seen in my life. It's just, it's fantastic. Um, and, but like little things like that, you know, do your research, but do research in multiple areas. Um, there are many websites that have Uh, I guess like what you call like danger ratings, um, pay attention to those. But then also I made sure to read like women 
personal travel blogs because I wanted to hear from their perspective. Um, I wanted for one, I wanted to hear from a woman's perspective. And I also didn't want to, I think there's a certain, and, and uh, I'd love your, I guess, input on this, Megan, there's a certain, I would almost call like American ignorance that I wanted to make sure I wasn't uh, looking through a filter of like American ignorance of um, like a country like Costa Rica. I think sometimes like when I was reading, I didn't want because the country was different or, you know, there's a lot more agriculture or whatever bias. I didn't want to be looking through bias. I wanted to make sure that I was reading the actual like safety of a of a place, not the, I've never been, but I think Costa Rica sounds bad opinions. Do you know what I mean? Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, totally. Um, I did want to make a quick point about the maps thing with your SIM card. Um, maps are also downloadable when you're on Wi-Fi. So yep. all of your hotels, hostels, wherever you're staying should have Wi-Fi so that you can like pre-download. Like if you're going to go to a museum, you can put in that checkpoint or that waypoint and download the map from your hostel to that checkpoint and it will always stay on your phone. So that's also something just to note. Um, as far as cultural things, um, yeah, for sure. Uh, for example, and disclaimer, you know, this is from my perspective completely, um, but a lot of the time safety ratings on like the US travel site will put Costa Rica at a level four out of five. Um, and it's considering health concerns as well um, in the age of COVID. So it's not always safety as far as should you set foot there. Mm -hmm. um, so you definitely have to look at multiple sources to have a better understanding of if it is safe for you, if you feel safe going. There's definitely a lot of warm-up countries for first-time solo travelers that are um, known for being safe for solo women travelers in specific. Uh, Iceland being one of them. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would definitely recommend checking out lists like that so that you can know which countries in the world feel safest for you to maybe go check out. Um, but yeah, there's always just like a layer in a film on people's view of where they're traveling sometimes, especially if they're not widely traveled. There's just cultural practices that are different throughout the world that we might not understand or agree with or even like, but it's what it is. Um, for me, I'm very sensitive around um, dogs, stray dogs. And in a lot of countries, um, they don't have a full shelter system the way that uh, American American states do in, in swooping up dogs, bringing them to a shelter and trying to rehome them. Um, so just knowing that, like, for example, in India, it's normal for dogs to just be outside in Turkey. It's very normal for dogs to just be outside. Um, it just is how it is. And you just kind of have to move past that in order to enjoy the rest of your experience. Um, if you were stuck or hung up on the fact that there's so many stray animals, you might not ever see more into the country. Um, but doing your research is super important. Um, a lot of Asian countries, Middle Eastern countries that have gorgeous um, attractions, uh, mosques especially, require different levels of coverage, especially in women, um, hair, head, shoulders, ankles, etc. 
Um, not wearing shoes is another big one uh, that is just like not allowed in certain places and just respecting that because otherwise you're not going to be able to go in. So just knowing those things ahead of time so that you're not showing up as the rude American tourist. I mean, they just won't tolerate it. You just won't be able to go. Yeah. And and if you, um, if there's a place that you're wanting to go and you know, somebody who's been personally ask them, For um, sure. it's always good to get a like personal, I guess, opinion. Um, because you're right about like the government websites. Um, I look at it and then I definitely do a lot more research. I don't use that as the sole thing because it does, uh, it is a weird filter. And I think, and you're right, Costa Rica, is rated, um, you know, when I look at the rating, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. It was super safe, very friendly. Of course, you, you got to know where you're going, but um, don't take that verbatim. Um, as far as like health concerns, very safe, very COVID aware. Um, as far as safety, you know, just general safety, very safe, very kind. So um, keep that in mind if you're looking at just the, like the government websites, check out personal blogs, check out people that you know that have been. Last question, what is one thing you wish you would have known before you started solo traveling? I guess the thing that I would say is that uh, solo travel doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go alone. I found a group I could go with um, through EF College Break. Um, there's groups all over the place that are filled with solo travelers. Um, Cherish, for example, my company, we're launching our first trip to Costa Rica specifically for solo women travelers. Um, so just because you're going by yourself or joining by yourself, it doesn't mean that you're alone. Um, there's so many options. So I just wish that I would have known that beforehand because I maybe would have done more traveling than I did. Um, and knowing that I don't have to choose to just go by myself and not see a single soul the entire time. It, it, you can, you have options. That's such a good one. Um, and for those of you listening for my, what else podcast listeners, Megan actually has a super, super good deal. I think it's so cool that this trip it's in October, right? To Costa Rica. Yeah. Yes. It, it's October 9th until the 15th. So it's a week long, um, trip and it will be our very first one. Uh, we already have two people signed up to go. Uh, it is small groups only. So we only have eight more spots. So um, it's really exciting. And I'm hoping and knowing that it's going to fill up for this year. Oh yeah. This trip is going to be so good. Um, I've looked at the map of where they're going. Um, if you, and I think it's so funny that it's in Costa Rica and I just was there guys, you've seen my Instagram. If you want to see more pictures, I will be happy to post more. You, uh, if you listened to last week's episode, Costa Rica is amazing. I highly recommend you go. And this letter, this trip they're they're literally going, you could go and cherish tours has a really great deal for what else listeners. So here's the thing. Uh, we will have all of the information down below. There'll be a link. Um, when you go to Cherish Tours website, you can fill out the contact form to learn more information. And if you mention what else podcast in that contact form, there's a place where you say, how did you hear about us? Click other, put what else podcast. And here is the deal. So one, 
there is a deposit of $500 that is refundable until May 14th. So if you want to secure your spot, cause there's only eight left, but you kind of want that flexibility of, you know, making sure the dates are right or making sure that you're comfortable. You've got all of that time to have a refundable deposit. People don't do refundable deposits. That's like not a thing. This is so good for those of you who want to secure your spot, but you still are kind of on the fence, need to get some things in your mind straightened out, want to have more conversations, all that kind of stuff. But that's not all. There's You also get 5% off the trip. That is about $150. And then you also get your COVID test uh, refunded when you, because you have to take a COVID test in Costa Rica to get back to the US, you get it refunded. Guys, my COVID test was $150. That is a large chunk of change. <laughs> and you get that, the 5% and the refundable deposit up until May 14th. It's such a good deal. Thank you so much, Megan. That was really, really kind of you. Um, if you are uh, any of my listeners, any age, for those of you who are, I know, I know I can literally think of your name. Some of you are graduating college in May. This is such a good thing to do right after college. It's so good for any of my younger listeners after high school, for any of my older listeners, my women entrepreneurs who are wanting that community, you know, you built this business and you're like, what am you know, I haven't gone anywhere. You haven't given yourself a break. This is such, such a good idea. And this tour it includes more than my tour did. I gave you guys the breakdown on price it includes more excursions um, that are already like built in. It includes um, food that was not built in to my tour at all. Um, the flexibility is wonderful. The environment's going to be great. I am so excited for any of you guys going. Um, definitely take advantage of this. All the information will be below. Um, Megan, if they want to follow you, hear more about it, I guess, where can they go? Yeah. So I'm go cherish tours everywhere. So at go cherish tours on Instagram. I also have a LinkedIn and our website is go cherish tours.com. Um, so you can find more information about Costa Rica there. Uh, we are also planning in the planning phases for trips in 2022. So if you're not ready just yet, but you want to go ahead and start thinking about what your travel might look like in 2022, you're also more than welcome to get in touch with us and talk about, um, and put yourself on a wait list and talk about what it might look like to travel with us in the next coming years. All of our trips, and I'll rattle this off really quick, um, include <laughs> packing tips, uh, pre-trip support, boutique accommodations, daily breakfast, a welcome dinner, a personalized travel guidebook, travel consultation with me to learn more about specifics in regards to your um, travel needs so that I can curate an experience for you, um, in-country transportation, uh, curated recommendations specific to you, as well as a collaborative trip photo album so that everyone can take photos, pop them in there, share photos with one another. So that's our trips. Definitely take a look at the website. There's, I mean, the website one is just so cute and she's got all, all the information there. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed Megan. Thank you so much for coming on and answering those questions. I hope you guys, um, whether it's this trip, a trip trip in 2022, 2022, Lord have mercy. That's hard to say, or, um, you know, any trip that you're going on by yourself. I hope this has encouraged you to step out of your comfort zone a little bit, um, and try something new. If you have any questions, feel free to DM me or Megan at go cherish tours, and I will see you guys next time. 
Thank you so much for listening to the What Else podcast. And if you liked this episode, then I've got a small to-do list for you. Uh, first of all, go ahead and screenshot this episode right now and post it on your Instagram stories and tag me at Sarah E. Boss. And I can go ahead and repost your post and that helps others find the podcast as well. And give me a review on Apple Podcasts. That is a huge help with letting others find the podcast and also become best friends. So don't be selfish. And finally, if you want to subscribe to my blog to get even more content, you can at sarahebossblog.com. All right, guys, I will see you in the next episode.